This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. Welcome to season six of Social Pros. If you want to learn how big companies succeed with social media, you found the perfect podcast. The show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers through social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. The show is also brought to you by Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors and get more customer reviews. And by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to the world's most interesting brands. Convince and Convert makes your social better. My co-host for the show is Adam Brown. Find all links, archives, and more at socialpros.com. Are you ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Not today joined by my special Texas friend, Mr. Adam Brown, because this, my friends, this is a very special episode of Social Pros. It is live at the Content Marketing World Conference in Cleveland, Ohio. I am joined today for this very special episode by my friend, Tim Washer, who is the creative director for Cisco. Tim was on this podcast one, two, three, four years ago, ladies and gentlemen, Tim was on episode 90 of Social Pros. You can look it up at socialpros.com for evidence and proof of that fact. Here we are, episode 285, 195 weeks later. Tim Washer, ladies and gentlemen, is back on Social Pros. My friend, welcome. Thank you so much. And so when you said we'd like to have you back, you meant if we can't find anybody else four years later. Well, we, we tend to have a quadrennial schedule here. Uh, yeah, so sure. each time we have an Olympics or a presidential election, we invite then back we very special guests. Although, fun fact, and this is true, you should feel honored is probably the wrong word. That's overstating it probably by half. But we've only had in the 285 episode history of this show, five or six repeat guests ever. So, so oh, you're, in a, you're in an esteemed group. I will take honored. Yes. Yeah, it's something. And also, I'm an alternate Texan. Uh, you're alter- in, oh, you're in, in Connecticut now, but uh, from Texas originally. I didn't so, realize uh, that, I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you and Adam could have commiserated. We could have done that. Well, yes. Anyway, next time. Tell us what the creative director of Cisco does for people who perhaps did not catch your episode four, uh, four years ago, uh, because you have, I think, one of the most fascinating jobs in digital marketing. Yeah, I, so I work in the in a specific division, uh, the the uh, service provider marketing division. So market to the large AT and T's, Verizon's, uh, Telstra's of the world. Um, and what we what we do is try to use humor and, and laughter to uh, get more engagement out of our customer channels. And uh, forgive me for using the word engagement, but really to try to to humanize the brand and connect with people. And the idea is that we take a very small part of our budget and every now and then, you know, produce something humorous uh, will and, and not necessarily burden it with a call to action that uh, it's a gift to our um, customers, to the analysts, to the to PR, uh, the press folks who cover us. And and uh, it, it helps us build a relationship with them. And so that's what I do is, is produce uh, videos, comedies. Uh, some of it's also um, a, a documentary. We've done some documentary work. And then and then do a lot of speaking uh, at conferences uh, where I talk about how we use humor uh, to humanize a, a B2B brand. And that gets us some exposure as well for Cisco. So it seems like uh, a reasonable and rational idea. Why don't we provide some content and some information to customers, potential customers that they actually want <laughs> um, that maybe they would find entertaining or humorous and 
one or more ways. And when you do that, it sort of softens them up for for the actual uh, call to action eventually, right? It's, if you to you quote Gary Vaynerchuk here, it is the jab, 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 right hook approach, right? Mm. Like it's, but in your case, it's laugh, 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 please sign this invoice. That, that's, uh, yeah. Why doesn't everybody do that, though? It seems it, it's, it makes such intuitive sense. And clearly, uh, as human beings, we prefer to laugh or, you know, engage with content that we actually like. Why doesn't every business do this? Is they don't have the money, they don't have the foresight, they don't have a Tim Washer. Why don't they do it? I think I think it's probably really a function of two things. One is just uh, particularly on the B2B side, when you're looking at maybe a quarter of a million dollar sale, the decision making process cycle is, you know, 18 to 24 months. And it's made by a committee of 20 people sure. at your customer's office. And I, I think we feel that we need to be buttoned up. We still have this belief that uh, there's going to be a great deal of analysis that goes into making a decision on that kind of investment. And there is. But it ultimately is going to be an emotional decision. All decisions yeah. are emotional. But I think it might be too frivolous if you do something humorous. That, that's yeah. right. And there, so there's that fear. There's that fear of doing something different, for one thing. That's, there's a fear of not being taken seriously. Uh, and I, I dealt with that. I was at IBM for about six years before joining Cisco. Known to be a laugh riot. That, exactly. That's one, of the, um, that's one of the big threes of comedy is uh, Conan O'Brien, uh, Daily Show, and IBM. So that's where I wanted to you know, cut my teeth, get yeah. my comedy chops there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, it's like a workout go, room. Go yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a natural uh, progression in a comedy. Uh, the first comedy I ever did, it was 2006. It was for the, uh, the mainframe. You know, these are $2 million systems. And you can imagine the resistance we faced uh, internally. Uh, people saying, "Why in the world would what IBM?" Yeah, what's funny about a mainframe? There you go. Exactly. And but we did, created this little video, and it ended up being that the tagline was uh, "Mainframe is like a barn," which of course <laughs> makes absolutely no sense at all. But it, it, it's funny inside the context of yeah. the video. But uh, yeah, a lot of marketing people weren't too keen on that approach, but it worked, and and it did. You know. Uh, about a thousand times better than the stuff that our agency of record produced yeah. for a uh, hundred times the cost. Sure. That, you know, we did it for nothing and uh, just it, it worked and it increased blog traffic and, you know, 25 times. And yeah, it, it builds relationships. Most of the work that you do has been in video. Uh, that, you, right. you do a lot of, of humorous videos, less so uh, written comedy, things along those lines. Even since the last time we had you on this program in 2013, we have seen this remarkable explosion in video content where everybody with a, a cell phone now is a self-styled video blogging expert and creating videos on, on a variety of different platforms. Do you think that is good or bad for, for sort of your corner of the profession, that, it's, that now that everybody believes that video is the way to communicate, that that makes what you do in video all the more powerful? Or does it sort of cheapen the, the ability to actually execute it professionally as you do so often? Oh, it's, it's definitely the former. I think the more clutter you have out there in, in the content marketing space, uh, the more powerful comedy is. Because, uh, you know, if you can, if you can get in 15 seconds, if you can have a well-scripted comedy and, and produce it well, uh, edit it, and, and make somebody laugh in 15 seconds, and of course scale that globally, um, on YouTube, you know, it, it's a very powerful thing. And you cut through all the other clutter that's out there uh, and you stand out even more for yeah. sure. Have you seen the desire or the need to execute video that's shorter? Uh, one of the co-hosts of our sister podcast, the Content Pros podcast, is 
uh, Tyler Lessard, who is the oh, yeah. head of marketing for Vidyard. Great company, really smart guys. They've got a lot of research that they've conducted that suggests that that people sort of video patience is is going down and partially because so much of video is now consumed in a social media environment that the average length of a video is is gone from three minutes to two minutes to something shorter. Are you seeing that in your own work as well? Yeah, I, I am for sure. And I did actually I worked with Tyler and uh, Vidyard in, in at their uh, user conference yeah. where we talked about this very thing, um, using humor to connect through video and how powerful that is. And uh, we didn't get on the topic of length at that time, but I, I definitely think, yeah, we, we all have to be better writers and, and get the get the point across faster and quicker. And just because the attention spans are shrinking for sure. You have historically executed a lot of your videos for Cisco and before that IBM for YouTube because it's been around the longest, the world's second largest search engine, all the things that we know to be true about YouTube. Now, however, you see people doing a lot of video on Facebook. What's your take on that? Is that a viable place for your work to live on behalf of Cisco, or do you feel like that's a different animal? Oh, I, th- I think it's definitely viable, and I think it's important to, you know to to post native video to Facebook. Sure. And in the past, maybe two years ago, I always I was keen on getting it on YouTube and then putting the YouTube link on Facebook yeah. to help grow those views yeah. to help with uh, ranking. Uh, but but now we Facebook don't like that so much. Now. No, they don't. Yeah. And they and they let you know they yeah. discriminate against yeah. you. So I, I post it directly to Facebook yeah. now. But it works. It's 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 a big enough screen, you know, and you can blow it up to see what you need to. Yeah. And it, I, I just uh, YouTube, it's so much easier to share outside of the Facebook world. And I, I do like that. So now I just post to both. What about other places where people are making video maybe not longer form or sort of a, a narrative, but maybe sometimes I'm thinking about Instagram video or, or even now the explosion of stories, right? It started yeah. with Snapchat. Now we have Instagram stories. Now Facebook stories. As people have said, there's going to be Microsoft Excel stories. Like everything's got a story layer now. Uh, and so everybody's sort of doing this multi-part. Here's me walking to the mall and what else. There's just a lot of that happening, including many brands we've had on the show and, and listeners to social pros are, are experimenting with stories. Do you feel like that is a viable storytelling medium for the kind of work that you do, or is it just too restrictive and, and tricky? But which one specifically? Well, I think it's it's probably both. It's the the regular, really short Instagram video, and then the sort of whole idea of stories. Yeah. So the um, like I never I never experimented with Vine. I just I some artists pretty short. Ex- and, yeah, seven seconds can some great get, stuff. Some amazingly creative work there, and some comedians just blew up yeah. only by doing Vine yeah. videos. And I tend to the type of comedy I like to do is a little more dry, a little more cerebral, and it takes a little bit longer to yeah. kind of build the tension and then have the payoff. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't really in my style. Uh, you can certainly get slapstick across in in a shorter format, and, and that works would that would work well for Instagram for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I also like doing some longer series, and I think I think there's room for that. Probably not so much in corporate in corporate content marketing. I think it's more important. Let's get out there, let's get a laugh, and have people share this. Yeah. And then maybe just have a link back to the blog for for those not a heavy call to action, but a link back to a blog site. You know, for people who want to learn more. Partially so that they can measure. And I wanted to ask you about that. I know it's one of the things that that bothers uh, you, which is people measuring the impact of yes. video just sort of based on that very cursory and obvious views, right? How many people, how many people watched this? It's like, well, okay. I mean, I guess that's better than having nobody watch it. That's but right. yet that doesn't actually 
mean, just because somebody watched a video doesn't mean you've accomplished any of your business objectives. That's, that's right. And, and so how do you go about looking at the effectiveness of your work inside Cisco and say, hey, this isn't free. You know, they got to pay you and they got to pay your team and they got to you know, have production and all those things and probably some amplification as well, which I'll ask you about. Um, so there's a, a real cost associated to your work. How do you paint that sort of mathematical narrative internally to say this is killing it? Yeah. Well, so I, 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 I take a non-math approach, particularly because I failed that in most years. <laughs> but a qualitative, I think, I think the qualitative results uh, really make a difference. And so how I do that, we, we did a little, we did a video, a little comedy series. And one thing's very important, this is off topic slightly, but make sure you set the objectives right. We're not going to go sell, the, our goal is not to sell a, a quarter of a million dollar router. Yeah. Okay. And I can still With get asked that question. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But we, one time we, we said here, we put a pitch together internally. We said, look, if we can get uh, four, an, four of our top analysts to retweet this, we'll call it a win. Yeah. And based on that, we got, we got the budget we needed. And we did a little comedy geared toward analysts uh, who follow Cisco. And yeah. so these analysts, of course, are, are critical influencers over our large, major enterprise and, and service provider sure. customers. So if they can say something positive about Cisco, it helps us a great deal. Should help your conversion rate, that, sales yes. close rate. All That's right. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. Exactly. And so we did. And we had, you know, we got some really nice feedback via Twitter. One analyst, I won't mention his name, but he said, you know, I, I peed in my pants at this thing. So whenever, I think that's the metric. Yeah, if somebody pees in their pants, they, that's a yes. win. Yeah. If, it's, if it requires, depends, or a change of underwear, <laughs> then I think you've been successful. And so what, what we did is, we, you know, I'll just go and capture all those tweets Put them into a PowerPoint presentation. So that's, that's how we yeah. communicate. Yeah. And you send it up the line and, and people share that. And when you see, wow, this person was moved to this point of saying he was really connected and they've retweeted it. And there shows a level of, uh, of, of connection with the little comedy video you've done from someone who really matters. Yeah. Uh, to your customers. Then I think you say, yeah. look, this is a win. We, what, you know. What's fascinating about that, Tim, is, is it's not a strategy necessarily that you're trying to influence your customers, but influence the people who influence your customers. So that one step yeah. removed, which is a very kind of higher order thinking about the role of, of this kind of content. I think it's really fascinating. We, we did a, a documentary. This was not a comedy at all, but it was a documentary uh, called The Network Effect. And the idea was let's, let's tell the story of small service providers, the mom and pop mm. uh, uh, internet service provider who su supplies um, in the third world economy, mostly, you know, who's allowing a man who might be a banana grower to, instead of just walking down the street and selling bananas, uh, you know, now with the internet, allowing this, this guy or gal, whoever they may be, find a broader market. Yeah. And we didn't mention Cisco at all through it. It ended up, um, we, we released it like in five minute segments, like six chapters, five minutes. And uh, that one was one that was a Webby honoree. But nice. then we, we also had a TV network called Shorts International. These are the folks who, who um, uh, distribute, they have the rights to distribute all the Oscar-nominated shorts. They came to us and said, look, we want to put this together in a long-form documentary. And so we, we edited it all together, made a 60-minute show out of it, and we got a bunch of free TV out of it. Nice. So um, the long-form can work very well, even in a comedy, but, but so forth. And, and again, telling your story of your customer's customer in that yeah. case is what we sure. When you create these projects, certainly using social media to make people aware of these new videos, et cetera, has, I'm sure is part of the playbook. Is that 
uh, something that you're involved in or to other people inside Cisco or an agency? Who decides kind of how to make this thing pop uh, using social once it's done? Oh, to, once once the video is produced. Yeah, and you're like, okay, we got to, how do we launch this yeah. thing? You know, are we doing LinkedIn ads? Are we doing Instagram ads? Are we just emailing it to customers or employees? Like, what, what's sort of the launch protocol? Uh, well, when I started there about seven years ago, um, I, I, I was doing all of that. And then our team has grown now, uh, which is a wonderful thing uh, because we have people who are experts in doing that promotion. And we will, uh, you know, work with them up front, tell them what we're doing, uh, get input from them on what they think might help and work. And we'll see if we can shape that into the story. Yeah. And then we let the social promotions team run with that. And they have the relationships on buying media and all that type of thing yeah. placement. Yeah. Speaking of social media, there is, I don't know if I would call it a movement, but certainly evidence that some brands are trying to kind of hang their hat on humor as their differentiator in social media. You think about maybe something like Wendy's Twitter account, which yes. you're familiar with, where there's yeah, some, yeah. it's kind of funny and snarky and, yes. and in a way that I'm kind of on record as saying I don't particularly like that approach. I think it's sort of off-brand only because they're not like that anywhere else. They're not right. like that on Facebook. They're certainly not like that when you go to the restaurant. But on Twitter, they have this very specific tonality um, that definitely works for them from a Twitter engagement perspective. I'm less sure that it works for them from a business perspective, but I'm starting to see more and more brands try to use humor to stand out because it's harder and harder to stand out. Attention is a commodity. Do you feel like that can work in social, that, that humor uh, is an effective differentiator in a short form thing like a tweet? Yes, I, I do think so. The, first of all, I, I do think um, brands have a little more. It's like a casual Friday. Uh, you know, social media, I think, is casual yeah. Friday for them. They can let their hair down a little bit and be a little bit more relaxed. So we, we may put something up on social, uh, you know, on a YouTube channel that we might not necessarily put up on the Cisco.com page. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I do think you have to be very careful and respectful of the brand. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that everything needs to look alike. And, and a lot of people will get caught up in that. And that's the death of any video on YouTube. If it looks exactly like the last one, it becomes predictable, uh, yeah. you know, and it's just not interesting. So um, I, I, I think there's latitude there. And yes, and I think particularly in social media, just because there's so much clutter out there, I, I think that's a wonderful place for humor and to, to, to practice and, and experiment with humor and see what happens. I do think tone's important. And so you may, some brands like a, could open up a separate specific Twitter account, mm -hmm. maybe for one particular campaign for that brand have a character maybe who's tweeting sure. in a voice yep. and see how that works. Yep. So you're not taking anything away from the, from the, uh, the rest of the brand. Yeah. One of the things that I have heard is that humor is circumstantial uh, and, and it is, can be interpreted by different people. I'm oh, yeah. sure as a professional comedian, you have experienced that. What is your advice and counsel? Because funny to you is not necessarily funny to me. It's not necessarily funny to uh, any one particular listener, and we've got tens of thousands of listeners to each episode of the show, thanks to each and every one of you. Um, what, what do you say to people, maybe in a corporate environment, who say, well, yeah, I understand that being funny with this video is probably going to stand out, but what if somebody doesn't find it funny? What yes. if they're offended or whatever the case may be? So I, I start off offering a guarantee that, first of all, there'll be plenty of people who don't think this is funny, and there's probably going to be someone who's offended. And, and I, it's important <laughs> And to, now we've got that out of the way. Yes, yeah. now let's go on. And I, and I think also, I like one thing I like to, to, to set expect, listen, I've gotten through life because I've lowered expectations and everything I've done. And I think when you, 
when you're doing the pitch <clears throat> to executives who may or may not be that familiar with social media, I, I will start off by showing them a piece that has received rave reviews, whether it's from us or someone else. Get everybody's head nodding. That was a brilliant piece. And then I go show them the negative comments that that piece received. So people brilliant. say, oh, yeah, because, look, <laughs> I've been in plenty of launches at a few large Fortune 100 companies where people, have been, let's go do it. Let's go take the risk. And as soon as those negative comments come, yeah, that's like, what they say. That's exactly right. There's take just not down. a stomach for it. And you show them. Look, there, I, sometimes I'll show there's a wonderful negative just uh, Yelp review uh, on a vacation spot. And I think it was for, it was for Death Valley. You know, just what a horrible place yeah. this is. I'm like, it's Death Valley. Yeah, it's you know? in the name. Yes, yeah. it's in the name, exactly. So I think setting expectations, say, look, you're on the internet where people can be anonymous and they're- Well, you and know, on YouTube in particular, I mean, oh there's no goodness. such, I mean, YouTube is, from a comments perspective, okay, <laughs> is, is, I mean, that's bottom of the barrel. It really, I mean, it just really is. And so I, I, I don't know this to be true. This is purely uh, supposition, but there is- uh, I do not believe there is any video on YouTube that, that doesn't have negative comments. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, right? It's the birth of Christ. And <laughs> I hate this video. I mean, yes. it doesn't matter what it is, right? There's, there's just people are trolling on YouTube all the time. Just ready to gripe at something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I, I think one, you need to set expectations to let people know that, that look, we are going to get, we're going to, somebody will be offended. Look, also as a stand up comedian, I learned, and I, I, I'm always clean and I don't think I'm too edgy and I do a lot of work at, at churches. And so, you know, that, that, but at the same time, I've understood people, I've found that people have gotten offended. And, and, you know, a lot of human nature is when we get offended at something, it means there's something going on inside of us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're struggling with, yeah, we're, we're dealing with shame or regret or something like that. And then what you said sparked that feeling in me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm upset at something in, internally. So, look, that's going to happen. And I think, I think it's just critical that you set those expectations. Not everybody's going to get it. One of the things that irks me the most is when people say, you know, I like this video. It's not going to be global. What do you mean by global? Well, 7 billion people have to understand this and laugh at it. That won't happen. Yeah. And, you know, the more I learned this in stand-up, the more specific you are in a story, the more universal it is. Because the truth is inside those specifics. Yeah. And it resonates with Counterintuitive, people. right? Yes. You try to be broad because you yes. think you don't apply to everybody. But then it loses focus and it feels fake. It feels fake and generic. And, and how can this be? Why aren't you giving me specifics of this? You know, this could yeah, be if true. That really yeah. happened to you. Why don't you tell me exactly what that, happened? That's right. Yeah. And so where I may not know where you're going for your coffee stop or whatever, or, you know, in, in Mumbai, you're, where you're getting your tea and that kind of thing. If you give me those details, there's something inside that that's unspoken that's going to resonate with me. And I'm going to I'm going to connect. So I, I, I think. Um, you know, we, we have to, that's a big hurdle we got to move over in this space and say, yes, it's not going to resonate with anybody. But as soon as we start taking off layers and making it generic and removing specifics that, that might either offend somebody or people might think it's too edgy, then the video's dead. It's not even worth producing. Yeah. If you didn't have a budget, what would you do? I'd, I'd do a lot more um, caption work, uh, a lot more stuff on Instagram with funny captions. And that's a really easy way for people to start. It's not writing a blog post. Yeah. You're writing, you know, you need 10 words. Uh, like on Letterman, when, when I, I used to freelance there and we, all of our headline jokes were like between 22 and 25 words. Yeah. It, it, you got to get the right words. You know, you got to get the right context, not too much context, you know, where you'll give away the joke. But um, it's just, it, it makes it easier to start out producing because you just got to go take a photo with your phone mm -hmm. and then write, write a, a caption. And 
to me, I think the easiest way to start off is, is to work with irony. Take a picture of something and then write down, here's what I think is, ha- if, if I wasn't here and I'm looking at this photo, this is what I think is happening. Let yeah. me write down the expl- explanation. And then flip that. What's the exact opposite of that? Yeah. And, and then you get to irony and you start making it funny there. And so um, it's an easy, simple way to turn out social media that can start to be funny and connect with people. That's a great idea. I love it. And yeah, simple photos or just get photos sent in by, by customers or users. Or oh, that's whatever. Yeah, yeah, even better. Just, get it. just send us a bunch of photos and we'll figure out what to capture them. You know what? That's perfect. Something like that is great. And you can even have a comedy writing contest with your customers and see what. Oh, that's a really great idea. Yeah. A lot of comedy comes from pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah. where because when you start like in your first stand up comedy class, they teach you to um, what's your pet peeve? They'll ask you to write about your pet peeve and that gets you to being angry. And once you get angry, you strip away all your pretense. You know, you're not trying to be polite anymore. Once you really get angry, you know, you're not polishing anything, but we see the truth in you. Okay. And so writing about pet peeves and and your your pain is really important because then you become vulnerable and you're authentic and we can see that. So now the safe way to do that in a business context is to write about a customer's pain point. What is the pain that you're experiencing? And once you do that, and you should tear that, tell that story. Now you have, you've shown empathy for the customer. It's like, okay, we're doing a comedy about the pain point here. This is also a pain point we can help solve. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But we, we understand what you're going through. And you heighten that a bit. And I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a real easy place to start. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I, I actually had a, a meeting with my team at Convince and Convert yesterday about doing more content myself because... I don't do it very often, but every time I, I have some sort of a rant, whether it's a Angry Jay blog post or, or Angry Jay video, it succeeds disproportionate to what I do typically. Wow. And so I thought, well, I think I could actually do that consistently because I am frequently annoyed. But there's this question of do you sort of want to be the uh, dated reference coming next, sort of the Andy Rooney of digital marketing, right, where you're just sort of like – grouchy Jay Bear says that this sucks guy. Uh, you know, is that, is that the position that you want to stake out for yourself? And I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but, but it seems to always work uh, yeah. when you sort of put a point on something that everybody else uh, identifies as an issue. That's right. Because I, I think your readers feel like they've gotten to know you even in a more intimate way. Yeah. I, I think yeah. they're I think like, that's it. It's closeness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Show me what angers you and all, and it, and it reveals something about yourself. And right. it's a really interesting perspective. That's why Tom Fishburne at Mark and Tudist is, uh, yeah. is such a brilliant, uh, brilliant cartoonist. We'll yes. make sure to link that up in the show notes at socialpros.com. Listeners, if you're not familiar with Tom Fishburne's work, uh, marketunist.com, it is a tremendous, uh, uh series of, of cartoons about the absurdities of modern marketing. We'll uh, make sure you get a handle on that as well. Yeah. You, as you alluded to a moment ago, uh, are not just a funny person who makes funny videos for a major corporation. You are, in fact, uh, a comedian, a quote-unquote real comedian. I don't mean to say quote-unquote. <laughs> all people people say they're real comedians. You actually are. You were, you were trained by Amy Poehler. You've been on uh, Conan. You've been on Saturday Night Live. You've been on tons of shows. In fact, it was one of my great thrills uh, a year or so ago to, to, to turn on uh, John Oliver's show, and there's Tim Washer, right, on the actual show, on my HBO, on my television, in my home. It was very cool. I remember you sending me that note. Thank you. That yeah, was fun. It was a blast. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you, you do this. Uh, do the people that you interact with in, in sort of professional comedy circles, 
think it is hilarious that you work for Cisco yeah. making videos or they're just like, what, what is your day job again? <laughs> yeah. It just, it just seems so strange to them. Yeah. Uh, for sure. They, it's, uh, because, because the worlds are very different. The people yeah. on a, on a, on a set or on a late night show are just, um, it's a very different world than the cor- corporate buttoned up type. But, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and sometimes those questions come up about, okay, what's that like? And, you know, do you like wearing a suit and all that stuff? But, um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, and you know, the thing is that, um, some of those people, particularly on the late night shows, there's, they, they there's a dark edge to them for yeah, sure. Yeah. And which they got that gig, right? Yes, that that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and sometimes that doesn't work out too well in the corporate <laughs> space. And I've, I've definitely have butted heads. I've definitely, that's hurt me for sure from a career standpoint, you know, just being uh, pretty direct about my opinions about things yeah. because and sometimes, sometimes that's not always welcome in the corporate world, you know? So um, it's a very different world, but it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful break for me to, to have uh, this kind of uh, escape. And at the same time, it really feeds the creative that comes back and, yeah. and helps me at, 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 uh, at the corporate corporate side. Do you have a set kind of production that they say, all right, Tim, we need, we want six projects a year or how to, or you just sort of like when you have something interesting you do it or how do they, how do they figure out what to squeeze out of you? Uh, yeah, it, it's a function of both of those things. So sometimes it's driven by, okay, here's a, but many times marketing budget is going to be tied to a big product launch. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times it'll be campaign driven. Yes, Yeah. exactly. So I'll, I'll get those and start working on ideas and pitch ideas along the way. And then um, sometimes there may be a, an event outside of the, uh, the company completely that somebody will say, let's do something on this. Let's play on this. Uh, and, then, uh, and then sometimes I'll just pitch an idea. What yeah. if we did something like this? And we'll go try to find the budget for it somewhere. Do you work with some of the agencies that, that work with Cisco or do you kind of keep your own counsel and, and sort of have your own SWAT team? It's really more of a... Uh, a SWAT team where um, comedy is so much about chemistry. So uh, there have been times where I work with some other funny people who are really funny, but if there's not chemistry there, it doesn't go too well. So yeah. um, the first video I did at IBM was a friend of mine with a friend of mine, Scott Teams, who um, he's now, he was in New York. He's now out in LA uh, producing uh, uh, and, and directing for um, uh, the Sundance channel, a, a show called Rectify. Yeah. So I don't get him too often now, only when he's on a break. But another friend, Garth Beams, who was from The Late Show, was uh, their animator. And he did a lot of the um, IBM Smarter Planet campaign animations with me and then a lot of stuff at Cisco as well. And, and it's so critical to have a good, a really good rapport and where you can finish each other's sentences and just bounce ideas off of. And I don't think comedy works unless there's a really strong chemistry. So it is kind of different to kind it's of nice you can bring in your collaborators, though. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's look, awesome. that's been a great thing. And, and it, especially like on the editing side, when you do a video or shoot a video, even, you know, a lot of I've, I've, I've freelanced with a lot of companies where they've said, you know what, we're all set. We got our own video crew here. And I'll just ask, well, have they done any comedy? Well, they do all of our town hall videos and they have those <laughs> nice little mics that clip on your lapel. I mean, they know what they're yeah. doing. And it's like, that's not really comedy, you know, yeah. and it's um. Unintentional comedy. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm just at the point now where it's just like, look, we're, we'll either redo it. We can try it with your folks, see if they get it right. There's probably a chance we'll have to redo it. Or let me work with some guys who, who know comic yeah. timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of shoot, right? Completely. More different. cutaways and things like that. that yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot more B-roll. And, that's right. Yeah. 
Definitely. And one thing we do, I remember we did this comedy with these, um, our top 100 customers, the CIOs of our top 100 customers. And of course, people- also known to be hilarious. Yeah. CIOs, as a general <laughs> rule, the funniest of all the C's. Jay, I was, somebody came to me with this project, a manager, and I was really nervous about it. I was like, you know, they're going to have an entourage and their marketing people are going to be there and it's just not going to work. And, but I was so wrong about that. Um, we did, they were all at like a Ritz Carlton uh, uh, somewhere. And what we did is we got a, um, they offered us a, 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 a conference room to film in. And I was like, we can't do, you know, you're going to kill it. Yeah. And that environment's going to take you right back to the talking points, yep. thought leadership, blah, 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 this meaningless stuff. We found a restaurant. There was a nice steakhouse there. Um, and they weren't open until the evening. So they let us shoot during the day. And we just figured, okay, look, I'll play a waiter. And I'll come up to the customer and interrupt them on their meal and we'll get a little dialogue and they can tell us, uh, okay, here's, here's what we've done. Here's how we've used technology to be leaders in our industry. But that will unfold over this funny conversation with this awkward waiter. And, uh, and the whole thing was improvised and the customers were great and they had a blast doing it. And um, they weren't on talking points at all. They talked like a human being, you know, it was just, it just worked out really well. Um, so there, there are those you know, experiences where you take a little bit of risk and you yeah. try to do something differently and, and it does, it yields something that's, that's really works well. It's amazing that they would do that without a script. If they're just going to wing it. You know, it's, it's spectacular. It, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but what, well, what we did is we promised and we said, look, we're going to have, it'll be a three camera shoot, but we're going to, I forgot, this is my point that I was making. <laughs> We're going to anchor one one camera on you, tight on you, the customer. Yeah. Okay, so if all else fails and you're not happy with the comedy, we still have an interview talking about how sure. you're a leader. Yeah, we've got in the, your we've business, got the basic, version. and that's what we we'll yeah. use. And you yeah. give them, and then you also let them cover the points they want to up front, and that's on camera, and you're done. And they feel they just sigh of relief, and they're like, okay, I'm okay to play now. And, and then you go from there. Yeah. yeah. So you always keep the camera rolling, right? That's you right. The good stuff after after they say oh. after they say cut, you don't actually cut. That, that's you keep you know, it rolling. The, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's when people let their guard down Absolutely. and they're not so buttoned yeah. up. And and yeah. obviously you treat that with respect and you get of course, approval. Yeah, you're, not to, you're, fine. you're not trying to. But they gotcha like it. anybody. They like that. They look so much better, you yeah. know, and and they like it so much better. Yeah. And I've never had. I've never once had someone say, "Let's not use that. I want to use the more canned stuff." And and uh, it's worked out great that way. Yeah. What else works out great, Awkward Transition, are the two sponsors of the Social Pros podcast. Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, uh, a company you have not worked for. Yes. Uh, not yet. Yeah. Not that we know. Not that I can talk about. Yeah, exactly. Not in this country. Uh, and Adam, who is employed by Salesforce Marketing Cloud, not on the show this week, as mentioned, because we're live here at Content Marketing World with Tim Washer from Cisco. Uh, love Cisco, though. One of our clients as well. Convince to convert. Thank you for your patronage. Um, However, our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud do have a fantastic ebook that Social Pros listeners should download because you're going to learn a lot. It's called More Than Marketing, Exploring the Five Roles of the New Marketer. It breaks down the five new essential marketing skills that we all must have in order to continue to be employed in this industry. There's interviews in there, stories, uh, there's facts, there's figures, there's research, actually some cool interactive features too. So if nothing else, just kind of see how they built the interactivity into the ebook is, is worth a click uh, for sure. Uh, immediately actionable steps to help you master your new talents as well. Go to cnc.ly slash new marketer, cnc.ly slash new marketer. Also this week, uh, an ebook from my team and I at Convince and Convert called Three Types of Social Media Metrics and Why They'll Get You Promoted. All about how to measure social media better, how to have different 
versions of reports based on whether you're reporting to yourself or your manager or your manager's manager, etc. Super useful. We put a ton of time into it. I think you're going to like it. Go to cnc.ly slash three social metrics. That's cnc.ly slash the number three social metrics. And as always, friends, all of the links to uh, assets that we promote here on Social Pros are available at socialpros.com as are the show notes and excerpts and audio files for all 284 prior editions of this here podcast. Tim Washer, if somebody wants to try and be funnier in their social media, uh, in addition to your Instagram captioning tip, which I love, what else can they do? What should they think about first? Uh, I would think, um, I think again, going back and and thinking about pain, what's the customer's pain point and starting with that idea is a good way to do it. There's also, there's a topic. um, But amplifying it, not making it, uh, not, not, the pain point is that they can't get enough leads. So let's talk about how you take it and then ratchet it up, right? So because you, when you, you ratchet go. up, it gets funny. If you just stay it normal, then it's not funny, right? It's just it, that's it's right. a bullet point. So ratchet it up. That's a there's an improv principle called heightening, which is the same thing. You raise the stakes. So you take that idea and you raise the stakes in that situation. You can also uh, find the pattern of okay, I can't get enough sales leads. Um, put it in a different situation. So um, I can't get enough. You know, it's a dating scenario where you you can't get enough uh, leads for yeah, your dating. Sure. Or you take um, you take the product that can't get enough leads and maybe you make a Tinder profile for that product. And nice. you, you play out a couple of other Tinder profiles where you might swipe left or right, whatever it is. And, um, you know, just, just play off of these ideas that we typically see on a dating site. But, you know. Software dating. Yes. Yeah. And, and then put in, put in the, tra- the traits or the attributes about that product on how those might look. You know, like uh, loves to cook dinner, loves music, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, a dog lover. All those things that we tend to brag about. How would that product, you know, brag about itself on a Tinder profile? Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful writing uh, technique for comedy writing. It works anywhere. Called juxtaposition. And it's just taking, uh, and this is what anybody can do when you're trying to be funnier. Take, coming, taking two unrelated ideas. Um, and and finding a pattern in there that's a little absurd and if you don't have an audience to take a suggestion from you know i try to always assemble three or four hundred people in my room take take some (laughs) suggestions random suggestions um but there's you know a random word generator that you can get online or an app that will do that for you and you put in the number of words you want and you'll get you know fireball and uh, a caramel for example Anyway, you, you, then you'll take each word and you write down kind of the rules or it's, it's a word association game. So take fireball and then we write the, wor- the words that are the things that that makes us think of. Yep. Uh, you know, spark, light, sulfur. And then caramel over on the other side of the page, you, you web, you know, you write a circle around it. And then, you know, car- you know, apple, Halloween, write down ideas there. And then look at all these ideas you have on your page and see if you can find a pattern that connects one idea with the other. And that'll generate a new a new uh, script for you. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's a simple thing to do. So you, you go, you know, flaming Halloween costume or something. And now you've got. Oh, something. my gosh. Yeah. So then you take that would work perfectly. You know, you take that. Maybe it's Dora the Explorer who catches on fire and then the fireman shows up and you, you could write a little sketch about that. But that's that's exactly what the what you're trying to work to because you have, a, you know, a blank sheet of paper. And then three minutes later, you got it filled with ideas. And you can come up with some sketches. And that works for a caption. You could do a video out of that. All kinds of things. There you go, Social Pros listeners. That's how you do it. Two unrelated words. Create a uh, phrase map, a circle around each of those words, and then tie them together. And you got yourself the seed corn for being funny. Tim, how did this happen? What is your, your career path is so fascinating to me. 
Uh, uh, it's it, been it, called unfocused it, by many, but fa- called, I like fascinating. It's called illinear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, you know, you probably did not go to uh, improv comedy school thinking, you know, if I play my cards right, yeah. one of these days, uh, uh, it's uh, enterprise software videos. That, that's exactly right. I, I, it was a, a, an epiphany moment for yes, sure. Exactly. Uh, I was working in sales at Xerox and then went back to business school and get, studied in marketing and moved up to New York City and worked as a market analyst for a while. And then there was one moment that hit me in church, actually. Um, where I realized I had an obligation to pursue comedy. And I did, I really honestly did not want to do that. I had no interest. um, I mean, I knew I could make people laugh, but I didn't want that pressure, you know, or the expectation. To be having to eat based on that. That, No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and I also thought my dad, my dad's a Presbyterian minister and he, he's such a gracious man. And he always steps out of the limelight. Whenever somebody asks him to, Hey, come he, he always shines out on other people. Yeah. And I love that about him. So I had this value of, I don't want to step out in front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some negative associations with that, but I realized it was an obligation. So I went and started improv. And as you mentioned, I went to uh, Upright Citizen Brigade and Amy Poehler, this was before she got on SNL. She was my instructor. And um, I, I got to a point where I quit my job, uh, took about a year and a half off just to see what would happen to write yeah. a screenplay. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, I found out, you find out very quickly when you give something up, you find out how much value, how much of your self-worth is tied to that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I went depressed immediately because I went from, you know, having a team and a comfortable salary and a nice title at a large company and, and gave all that up because I thought I wanted to go do to this. unemployed screenwriter. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and listen, it, it feels unemployed. I yeah. mean, it, 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 it was tough. So I spent the first six months trying to dig myself out of a depression and then taking some of these comedy classes here and there. And uh, after about two years, we uh, my, adopted. My, my daughter was born and that came through adoption. And that, that's one of those things that happens when you're not you don't necessarily know the timing of that. You know, you don't have right. this nine month yeah. lead yeah. time. Yeah, with certainty. Baby. Yeah. Right. So I was like, OK, I got to go get a job. And was trying to find something where I could use humor and the business background and combine the two. Yeah. And, uh, of course that led me to IBM, yeah. you know, the funniest, of course. the funniest corporation on the planet, uh, according to the World Wide web. So, uh, but I, I thought it was over actually. I thought comedy was over. And, um, but the second day I was there, somebody sent me a note and said, Hey, it was an executive said, I got a speech next month. Can you write a joke for me? And then a couple said, can I, <laughs> that's exactly right. And so I did. And, that worked out well. And then a couple of months later, I pitched this idea of doing a comedy video and, and we did it and it worked. And, uh, and then, and then that was 2004, I think. And then from there, I, that became my job is to write and produce. And then when YouTube came out in 2005, it, it became writing and produce comedy videos for YouTube. And that's, that's what I've been doing for the last, whatever, 10 years or something. Amazing. Eleven. We'll make sure to link up some of your greatest hits in the show notes as well. So uh, folks who listen to Social Pros can see some of your outstanding work on behalf of Cisco and other clients as well. Tim, I want to close out with the two questions that we've asked every single guest here and now on episode 285 of Social Pros. I have to go back to the archives and see how you may have answered this previously. Uh, question number one, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? I, I think discovering your voice. And, and, and in comedy, you do that. I talked about the pet peeves thing. I yeah. think anybody, even if you're not doing comedy, write about your pet peeve. You know, write a page on it. And you discover the things that piss you off and that lets you know 
a little bit about who you are and what your voice is. And it takes a while to kind of discover your voice and what you're passionate about writing. And, but that, that's the most important thing is to understand what you love to write about and how you love to write. Yeah. And it probably helps in a corporate environment too, just sort of having a consistent perspective and even a personal brand. Oh yeah. This is kind of my thing and everybody knows it and there you go. Right. Absolutely. Last question for Tim Washer, creative director at Cisco is if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be and why? You know what? I remember last time you asked me this, uh, I don't think we said Skype, but it was Norman Lear. Yes, I and remember that. I think I think I'd he'd certainly be on the short list for sure. You know, he he produced um, the best comedies that we that history's seen. You know, All yeah. in the Family, and and he was he was so brave in taking on uh, you know racism. Yeah, and he did it through humor. You know, when you use humor and you make people laugh, they 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 open up. You've, like we talked about, they created you create some empathy with them. And uh, but they let their defenses down and they're open to thinking about new ideas or thinking about things differently. And I think Norman Lear did that so, so well and still does some of that as well. Uh, But I'd say he'd be on the uh, on the top of the list. I think that is a fantastic answer. We'll make sure to link that up as well. Anybody who is not familiar with some of Mr. Lear's work, maybe you're a younger person who is not familiar with some of his early pioneering TV work. We'll make sure to link it up on socialpros.com. Mr. Tim Washer, so great to see you. Thanks for doing this in person in your darkened hotel room here in the Hilton uh, downtown Cleveland here for Content Marketing World. That's right. The Vampire Diaries edition. Yeah, yes, yeah we really need to... <laughs> we, we should get a picture of this and post that in the show notes too because uh, this, this is a little bit of, a, uh, of, a, of an unusual production. I, I'd say uncomfortable. Yes. Can we say that? <laughs> sure, we can, say, we can say awkward for sure. <laughs> Friends, thanks as always for listening to the show. Adam and I love each and every one of you. We'll be back next week with more from Social Pros. Thanks for listening to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and for our greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext. And is produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, visit us at convinceandconvert.com.